Matthew 9, 32. This is a very, uh, I guess you could say, um, not spoke about miracle, but we're going, to, we're going to deal with it this morning. As they went out, and uh, I want you to notice who, they, who that is. That's the blind men that had just been, set, been delivered. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb man spake. And the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He casteth out devils through the prince of the devils. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your, your spirit and your presence. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for how you've done bless my heart. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for saving me. Even though, Lord, I didn't deserve it and I don't deserve it today, I've never done anything to deserve it. Lord, I thank you for allowing me to be in your family and to be your child. Father, I pray you'd help me now as I attempt to preach what you've given me. Lord, I pray that this thought, this message that you've driven into my heart, you'd drive into the hearts of those that are here. I pray, God, that you'd use it in a way to help us, Lord, to know the type of people you need us to be in these times in which we live. Lord, this world is in a mess, and they need those that know you to be living right and to be right with you and to be on, on the same page Lord, as you are, I pray, God, if there's one here lost, I pray you convict them, God, as only you can. I pray, Father, that, Lord, you just hang them out over hell for the next 30 or 45 minutes. I pray they think about where they're going. I pray, God, you'd help them to realize that hell hath enlarged herself and is waiting for them. And I pray, God, they would, they would turn and they would run to Jesus this morning before it's too late. Lord, I love you, and I pray you'd help me now. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You can be seated. Now, I want to say this quickly. Um, there, I didn't get two seconds in the message, and I used one of my adverbs. I, I, I want to say this before we get in this message, that um, when you hear men preach on the miracles of Christ, and, and I don't understand it, to be honest, I, I hadn't really even thought about it till this week. I've, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody preach on the dumb being made to speak. Now, I've heard them mention that. You understand what I'm saying? When they'll preach, say, Jesus caused the lame to walk, the dumb to speak, the blind to see, the dead to rise. But you know, I've never heard, really, a, a message on these verses that we just read about Jesus causing a dumb man to speak. Now, when I was these kids' age, when everybody say that dumb to speak, I thought, you know, <laughs> I, ain't gonna, I thought he was talking about my sister, to be honest with you. But anyhow... Maybe she won't listen to that, that uh, this message, that part of this message. But we understand when, when the Bible speaks of someone being dumb, it means unable to speak. Their mouth was tied. They were, they, their, their lips, they could not communicate. They could not talk. And, uh, and uh, this morning, uh, I want to preach on getting your voice back. On getting your voice back. We find here a man that had lost his voice. You say, how do you know he lost his voice? Because we know that he had not always been dumb because he was the, what caused his dumbness was being possessed by a devil. And we know that no man's born possessed of the devil. That's something that happened in his life. So there was a time in his life when he could speak. But now, in the text that we read, he could not speak. And Jesus restored his voice so that he could speak again. And this morning, I feel like we've lost our voice. I feel like we've lost our voice. I feel like the church of the living God has lost its voice. There was a time 
And that was a time when the church had strong influence in this country that we live in. Amen. There was a time when politicians would not pass certain legislature. There was a time uh, when the ch- there was a time when the church caused this nation to go dry. Amen. Amen. They make fun of that prohibition all they want. And, but, but listen, it was because of the church. It was because of the stand. And it seems like this morning we've lost our voice in this world. Amen. There's a lot of opinions I guess we could all have about that. But I feel like the church, what we've done, instead of trying to attack the gates of hell, we have run from the gates of hell. And what we are doing, we think that we can just keep drawing in more and more and more and let the world get worse and worse and worse. But let me tell you what Jesus said. He said, you're the light of the world, a city that's set upon a hill. He says, no man that lighteth a candle hideth it under a bushel. And what we have done, the church of the living God, we have hid, we've hid our families, we've hid ourselves, and we're scared of the world. We don't want to help the world. And because of that, we have no voice anymore. That's why they can do what they're doing now is because we become silent. Disagree all you want, but that's the truth. The church has lost its voice. The earth has lost his voice. Did you know that? Did you know the Bible says in Romans 8.22, For we know that the whole earth groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. What caused the earth to lose her voice? It was the curse of sin. Oh, before sin entered, the earth had a melody of that come from her. The beauty of the earth that glorified God. Uh, listen, this earth was full of joy and splendor and beauty and things wonderful to behold. Uh, but when man sinned in the garden, God uh, said, Cursed is the ground uh, for your sake. And from that day until this, the earth has lost her song and she groans and mourns and travails until the day when Jesus is going to lift the curse off the earth. Amen. Over there in Isaiah, he talks about the earth being full of joy and there will be a day when the earth will sing again. But this morning, the earth has lost its voice. The pulpit in America has lost its voice. There was a time when preaching and the preaching that was done, it was what mo- it was the moral compass of this nation. Isaiah 58 1 says, Cry aloud and spare not, and lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. I want to ask you something is there more sin today than there was 30 years ago? Amen. Does everybody agree there's more sin going on? But is there more preaching on sin today? Absolutely not. And listen to me this morning. I don't like it and neither do you. But there's some things that we don't like that we need. Amen? Amen. Amen. I don't like taking vitamins. I hate them. I've got the worst gag reflex. I hate taking any medicine. And Brother Larry, about once a week, I'll be doing good. I'll take them two pills, that Zyrtec and that all that one men's vitamin thing. And, and uh, I'll be good. And this morning was my bad day. I took that, and I'm telling you, it felt like there was a grape in my, uh, there was a grapefruit in my mouth, and and, and I mean, it, it was awful. I hate it. I'd rather, but you know why I do it? Cause I need it. Amen. Oh, yeah. 
and listen to me. You know what we need and what I need? We need for men of God to lift their voice and cry out again against the sins of this world. Amen. Amen. Listen to me, I grew up under hard preaching where men, and listen, and people didn't like it then, and they sure don't like it now. But then men of God used to preach back then about what we're dealing with right now. They talk about the television. They didn't call it a television, it's a television. That one-eyed devil is what they call it. They'd say, I remember Brother Edgar preaching revival at Harmony Street. I was just a little boy, and he said, if you've got Andy Griffiths on in your house, you ain't right with God. Amen. And everybody in there chuckled. He said, oh, Andy likes to smoke them cigarettes. He said, "He's up, that's of the devil. He said, you've got, he said, you wait one day and there'll be all kind of abominations on that thing. And he said it right. Amen. Uh, yeah. Amen. This past week, listen, and by the way, for just a minute, I'm going to talk to you about some sins that we got going on in the day. And there's a good chance we got it going on right here in this room. This week, Netflix come out with a show, a show that is, 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 is pushing pedophilia. Go ahead and give them $10. We're cutting ours off. My wife don't know it yet. I, I say it right here because now she can't argue with me. <laughs> she likes the mystery shows and stuff. But anyhow, it, I mean, listen to me. What kind of sickness is that? And that's where we are. Disney is coming out with a show, the first show promoting child bisexuality. Listen to me. I'm telling you, it's wicked. It's ungodly. It's vile. And that's where we are. You better lock the doors. You better drive the tent pegs down because it's coming right now. This nation is going to embrace. It's going to, it's going to encourage. It's going to, it's going to promote pedophilia. It's coming. It's here. And 20 years ago, them preachers said, these sodomites, they'll come a day where they're going to tell you it's all right for a man to have a relationship with a child. And here we are. Here we are. Let me say this. If you put your hands on my children, I'll kill you. Dad, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. I will. And now, oh, you won't be preaching more. Well, you can call somebody else. Amen. I'll have a jail ministry. I'm not playing one bit. I'm not playing one bit. And you children, you better be careful what you put on the social media and on these, these, this TikToking and Twittering and Instagramming. You girls don't need to put suggestive pictures on there with, listen, and, and let the boys say things to you that only a man should say to his wife in the privacy of their bedroom. What I'm saying is we've lost our voice and listen, it is time that preachers get back. Listen, it doesn't matter. People ain't going to like us anyway. I'm not your friend. I'm your pastor. I'll be a friend to you, but I'm supposed to tell you right and wrong. And what we're dealing with, kids, you're about to go back to school. You better guard your minds, your ears, your heart. Listen to me. You better. You you better. I don't care. Even the ones that are homeschooled, you better be careful. Because the devil can crawl under the doors and cracks of the windows and he'll find you right there and he's going to tempt you. There's sin. Sin is rampant today, not in the world, in the church. 
We have got a lackadaisical attitude about the things of God. It's take it or leave it. If I feel like it, I'll do it. If it's convenient. I mean, listen, I never thought there'd come a day where people would say things like, I just need to be away from church for a while. God, help us to remember why we've lost our voice. This man was dumb. And listen, our pulpits have gone silent. They are trying to lock preachers up right now in the United States of America for having church. Oh my. I, I could say a lot and I really want to. But I want to be sensitive. I don't want to say nothing the Lord don't want me to say. I want to mind the Lord. But I pray God would help me to have a voice when it comes to preaching not just against things, but for things. Amen. And, and we need, we need God. Our children need to know what sin is and how to avoid it. I mean, I could just, it's just, it's just unreal. And if you think it's wicked now, right now there is a restraining spirit in this world. It's called the Holy Ghost. And the spirit of iniquity, the Bible says, doth already work. But when God, the Bible says, he who now letteth will be taken away. That's talking about the Holy Ghost. He's going out with the church, by the way, at the rapture, which is before the tribulation. That's Revelation 4.1. And behold, he said, I heard a voice, and there was a door up and said, come up hither. That's when we're out of here. But if you think this is wicked, and by the way, I'm just going to go ahead. It's, 12, it's 15 till, but hey, I'm just going to preach as long as I feel like preaching. How come Hollywood is so upset? And, 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 and no, I don't think anybody in here would, would think that, I am, I, that, that, that I'm for brutality and, and injustice. You understand what happened to that man in, in Minnesota was, was wrong. The way he was killed, it was wrong. But how come they're so upset about that? But they've got a list of Hollywood actors who went 20 and 30 times to Epstein Island with children. And they're still, they still got enough. You know what they are? They're reprobate. And they've got enough gall to interview them and ask them to talk about social justice. And listen to me, and Bill Clinton's one of them. Let me tell you something who Bill Clinton is. He's a pervert. He is. Bill Clinton is a pervert. I don't care if you made more money when he was paying. He was a pervert. He was, and he had enough gall to get up there at that DNC. And, I, and that's the best thing they could have had for Trump's election is have that Democratic, Democratic National Convention. His ratings went way up after that. But Bill Clinton said we ought to be ashamed of what's going on in the White House. He said that. I'm like, hey, Willie, did somebody not help you on your, on your speech? Do you have, you have no brains at all in your empty head? Did Hillary beat all your brains out? You redneck bumpkin, you. Listen, what I'm saying is, it's coming. There's part, listen, and that's who, it, that's what we're dealing with today. So how can all this be going on? And I've got preacher friends who they wouldn't say nothing about it if their life depended on it. I heard a boy the other day say, if we want revive, we need to get back to just bragging on Jesus. There's no Bible for that. Jesus said we're to teach them all things. 
All things. That's more than just Jesus saves and changes life. All things. There, Jesus taught a lot of things. And listen, and this will probably blow your mind, but there's twice as much Bible in the New Testament on sanctification than salvation. <laughs> I know that. Oh, go on, do your concordance. Start doing a little homework on it. I've studied it up myself. There's twice as much in the Bible about living right as there is about getting right. Anyway, let's get back on our text. I want to preach on how we can get our voice back. Do we need our voice back? I say we do. In verse 32, I want you to notice the man, the men, the men who would not be still. The Bible says, now, as they went out, I believe with all my heart that the they is the two blind men that had come in the house. Now, we know what happened. I mentioned it last week. Jesus told them not to go tell it, not to go, um, you know, he said, do not go out and tell what has happened. Like, basically, he wanted people to believe on him for his word and for what he said, not for what he did. And, 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 but, and I mentioned how they went out and they disobeyed him. But before they did that, on their way out, they saw this dumb man. And, and, and they said... They looked at him and they said, hey, I know we couldn't see and you can't talk. I'm glad to finally see how you look. I hadn't seen, I, I, we've hung out. That'd be an interesting friendship, a blind man, a dumb man. One couldn't talk, one couldn't see. But <laughs> anyway, there's a movie about that one, that hear no evil, see no, no, anyway, that was blinded up. But anyway, I don't recommend that either. That's wicked too. My mom, it was, anyway, but they went out. And Brother Larry, instead of going to the Grand Canyon for a week and saying, oh, we've never seen the, or, or going to, hey, we're going to go to the Lake of Galilee. And, and we've never seen the Lake of Galilee. Or, or hey, I want to go see Mama. I've never seen Mama. Or, or, or I'm going to go home. I want to go, we've been here our whole life. And, and the first thing they laid their eyes on was a man that had a need like unto their need. A man that needed to be fed. A man that needed to be brought to Jesus. And the first thing they did after their eyes were opened is they saw somebody who needed what they had. In order for us to get our voice back, we must become like unto these men and realize Jesus did not open our eyes. Jesus did not wash away our sin. And Jesus did not save our soul for self-gratification. But so that we could see the way to find others who are bound in sin and lost and undone and tell them, listen, I don't know. You see, they both, their problems were different. You understand? But, that, but there was this one solution. I can imagine the, the blind men, that could, they were formerly blind men. I don't know what that would be, past tense. Blind, I don't know. But the men that were blind but now could see, I don't know exactly what they told him, but I can imagine that perhaps they said something like, look, now we weren't dumb, you know, but we were blind. And we, got, we believe that if he can open our eyes, he can open your lips. 
If he could look, if he could take away them scales that had us blind, then we believe that he's well able. He's well able to loose your tongue so you can speak. All they did was tell him that there was somebody in the house. Do you notice what happened? They come in the house. Amen. They were touched by him. And then they went out of the house and they began talking about him. Do you know that's what we should do? That's why we come in church. I mean, listen, I don't know about you. Maybe you thought that's the worst thing that you've ever heard. If you did, just don't tell me that, amen? Because I feel about as strongly about my wife as I do my children, amen? But listen, I may not kill you, but I might whoop you anyhow. But, but anyway, and, and, and you think I, I was not just being sorry, guys. Do not put your hands on my children in no way, shape, or form. They're not your kids. You don't touch them. But anyway... I don't know how I keep going back to that. But I don't know about you, but a minute ago they were saying, you know what the Lord done? He touched me. But you know why he touched us? So we could go tell them. They went and told them. They were convinced that if Jesus could open their eyes, he could loose this man's lips. Though they had different problems than he did, they were confident that whatever the man's problem was, Jesus could solve it. And this morning, I'd say with a crowd this size, there is a multitude of problems in this room. You're looking, I'm a problem. I am a problem. I'm a very big problem. But the truth of the matter is, no matter the problem, Jesus can solve it. Jesus can fix it. I mean, listen, Jesus can heal. He can set you free. I mean, listen, the Bible says that these men, they went out, but as they went out, they brought a, blind, a dumb man to him. The man, the men who could not sit still. Verse 32, we see the man who could not speak. You know, a lot of times we take little things for granted, don't we? Like shaking people's hands. You know, I was thinking the other day, I mean, I don't know if it'll ever get back to where, you know, um, totally, but ain't heaven going to be wonderful? Amen. You talk about some hugging and handshaking and all that, it's going to be lots of that and crying and hollering. Anyway, but we take it for granted. This man could not speak. He could not say a word. He wanted to speak. He had thoughts. He had ideas. But he could not share those ideas. He had, I'd say there was times where he had burdens that he'd like to tell somebody about. But he couldn't say a word. And there was times he had questions in his mind. Things that perplexed him. Things that confused him. Things that caused him to wonder and to doubt. But if he, when, he, when he thought the, the idea could not come out of his mouth. So all I'm saying is this man was in a pitiful shape. The cause of this condition. What causes one to lose their voice? We know that sickness can cause you to lose your voice. Infection. A lot of people, that's where they lose their voice is they get infected by something. That's why, that's why I, I have to preach about sin. That's why a church has to take a stand on sin. I mean, that's why we have to hold. There's got to be a line somewhere where we say, bless God, this is the line. Don't cross it. There has to be a line somewhere. Because if not, you know what will happen? We'll lose our voice. We'll get infected. Sickness, stress can cause you to lose your voice. Have you ever lost your voice? 
I lost it several years ago. Before I come here, I preached like three weeks in a row. I preached like Monday through Friday night, then Saturday night, and Sunday morning, and Sunday night, then Monday through Friday night, Saturday morning. And then I was driving home every night and going to work every day, then driving. It was like four hours one way. I was down in Chattanooga, then I was in, North, in Georgia. Long story short, Kim will remember this. I completely, absolutely, 100% lost my voice. I couldn't even make a sound. She was thankful for it. But seriously, I tried all the homemade remedies. I drank, uh, <laughs> I drank lemon juice and honey. And, and uh, you know, I tried everything I could try. I went to a, a doctor, you know, one of them specialists. They run one of them cameras down my throat, made the big mistake doing that. As I mentioned, my reflux, early, my, 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 they thought they had my throat numb. They did not have my throat numb. But long story short, it took me about three weeks before. And the doctor finally, he just said, you just overused it. You just, you, you over, he said, you stressed, you just stressed your voice out. And uh, I know you're thinking, where's this going? I don't believe our losing our voice is due to stressing it, using it too much on the things of God. I believe we're using our voice too much on the things of this world. Right. I believe that Christians should vote. I believe Christians should, should stand. And I believe if we've ever voted, if we've ever stood, we need to now. But let me say this. We need to use our voice on more than just politics. We'll use our voice on this. We'll use our voice on that. We'll use our voice. And by the time, by the time it gets down to it, we have no voice left to use for the things of God. The cause of this condition, it was satanic though. The Bible says he was possessed with the devil. The reason he was dumb is because of the devil. This man, Satan... Satan, listen, Satan has always sought to separate man from one another. Communication, follow me, communication is one of the pillars of being a human, of, of, of life, being able to communicate. And you, have you noticed how now, the way things have gotten in the world we're in, you can't even talk to people. You're afraid to say anything. I mean, seriously, I mean, I, I, I mean you're just, you just don't know, what can I say? I mean, can you even say that roses are red and violets are blue? Can you even say that anymore? Because you might have been, if you say red, that could be wrong, or blue, that could be wrong, or, 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 or if you say, boy, it's hot outside, then, oh, bless God, you don't even know hot. You should have known how hot it was. And I'm like, well, well, what, what I'm saying is, do you not see this man, the voice being silenced was the results of satanic possession in his life. But let's get back to the very, 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 very root of this problem. Sometime in his life, Brother Mark, this man had opened the door and let the devil in. I'd say, Brother Jason, you could probably ask this man, and he could probably tell you. I don't know back then. I mean, I don't understand. I don't know. I, listen, all I know is this. The Bible does not teach that Satan can, can overwhelm you and, and, and overtake your will. And, and you understand what I'm saying? There has to be a voluntary yielding to that. There has to be a, at some time, he opened the door and let the devil in. And that's why I'm saying you better be careful you better be cautious about what you watch and hear and get involved with. There's people today on death row, on death row, 
that when they were young, they opened the door. But when the devil comes in the front door, he does not let you know how he's going to leave you when he goes out the back door. God help us. That's why we can't let him in our church. Amen. I, I don't want, and by the way, there's nobody that loves going to church more than Satan. Look in Job, where was, that was church. The sons of God gathered there and he was there. Jesus had church. There was a devil there named Judas. And you can believe this. He wants to creep in. He wants to walk in. He wants to get a, he wants to get, the Bible says, give no place to the devil. What that means is don't give him one inch. Don't give him one ounce. Don't give him one second. Don't allow him to have access to your mind and your heart and your will and your soul. Listen, this world, our country is full of lust. Do you agree with that? I don't have the numbers, but you would be absolutely, you would be disgusted if you saw the numbers about pornography in this country. And I'm not, I don't know nothing, but I guarantee you there's somebody in here right now that was looking at that crap this week. Sorry for my language. That was not right. I shouldn't have said that. Forgive me, Lord. I mean, I should, that garbage. Manure, how, horse Hockey. Hockey. I guarantee you. See, the devil's right here right now. He got me to say that one. I shouldn't have. You kids don't say that. That's wrong. I shouldn't have said that. Forgive me, Lord. I'm moving on. Our nation is set on fire for, for sensual, fleshly pleasure. And everybody in here has got a smartphone, has got access to it. And if your child's got a phone, they got access to it. If they got a tablet... They got access to it. If they got a computer, if they got a TV, it's there. It's there. And how Satan's used that to numb the minds of our world and cause this immorality, the blush. Nobody blushes anymore. There's no blush. There's no shame. There's no embarrassment. There's no, there's no line that cannot be crossed. And this man, though, what caused it? What caused it? it got, when it gets right down to it, one day he opened the door. And allowed the devil to get a foothold in his life. But there's the consequences. The consequences were he could not speak. Can you imagine what a lonely and miserable life this man lived? Off. Verse 33. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb man spake. So he said, the men who could not sit still... Then we talked about the man who could not speak. But also quickly, I want to talk to you about the master who's able to save. Amen. There's good news this morning. You can have your voice back. I can have my voice back. We can have it back. If you're lost this morning, the Lord can. He, the Bible says that that the Bible says in verse number uh, verse number thirty three. And when the devil is cast out, I mean, who cast him out? Jesus did. Absolutely he did. No one else in that, in that house could cast him out. The Bible says, and when the devil was cast out, the dumb man spake. The dumb man spake. This morning, thank God for every illness and sickness and deafness and blindness and dumbness and madness and deadness. No matter what the S may be, 
Jesus is able to save from that. Amen. Religiousness, he can save from that as well. Amen. Hypocrisy, that's not an S, but it goes right along. He can save. Listen, there is a master who's able to save. Jesus can give us our voice back, and we need it. Thank you, Brother Bill. I appreciate you helping me. The great, some still hung up because I said what I said. And you said 10 times worse is what you hypocrite. You hypocrite, that's what you are. And if y'all want me, I'll, anyway, we'll get to deal with that later. It's a wonder I ain't said worst, to be honest with you. When the devil is cast out, we see the great mystery of his method. The great mystery of his method. What is the great mystery? The Bible doesn't say how he cast him out. Did he touch him? Did he speak to him? Did he, what did he do? Did he pray over him? We don't know. But guess what? Where the Bible's silent, we must be silent. In town, Jesus doesn't owe anybody an explanation. Amen. He just does what he does. There's no book. There's no how to make a dumb man speak. There's no, you, there's no, all right, five steps to make a dumb man speak. No, he did it. And all we know is that when he did it, he did it in a way where it was effective, where it was effectual. And this man, listen this morning, God does not want us to know some things about life and about how it works. The great mystery, the great message of this man, the Bible says the, 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 dumb, the dumb man spake. Wouldn't you like to know what he said? I inclined to think maybe he said, thank you. Whatever he said, Brother Mark, whatever he said, we know who he said it to. It wasn't the, it wasn't the crowd, it was Jesus. And oh, listen, now listen this morning, how that listen, we need to have our voices return so that we can get back into communication. Can you imagine? <coughs> can you imagine Jesus casting the devil out of this man and him being able to speak and saying, I'm just going to stay quiet? Can you? Not, he would, of course, he wouldn't be able to say, maybe he sign language it. Can, I mean, can you imagine that? It'd be like the blind man when they when they when he when he touched their eyes and they said, "Oh, we don't like seeing." Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the leper when he got healed, saying, "Oh, I don't like this. I'm gonna go down here to leper colony, roll around, rub some uh, uh, doorknobs, and get some leprosy back on me." Can you imagine? Can you imagine Lazarus getting raised from dead and jumping off the cliff, saying, "I don't want to be dead." That's silly, ain't it? But you know what else is silly, Clayton? Is we have the ability to speak and we won't. We have the ability to say something, and we don't. We'd laugh about that, but it's just as silly for me to walk by and rub shoulders with somebody that's going to hell and not say, how are you doing? Do you go to church anywhere? Could I invite you to church? Would you like to come to church? More importantly, more importantly, you can go to church and still go to hell. The most important thing is, did you, do you know the Lord is your Savior? Can you tell me a place in time where you gave your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ? And they, if they say, blank, the blank, get away from me, then guess what? I did my job. But you know how many people, you know how many people that I'll reach and will reach by being silent? Zero. This man, this man had a great message. 
There was a great, there was a great uh, mystery of his method, the great message of this man. Then we see the great marvel of the multitudes. The Bible says that they, the multitudes, in verse number 33, they marveled. It means they were stunned by what he said. They said, it's never been this way in Israel before. Oh, how the multitudes need to marvel again. The crowd was in shock at what they heard. And listen, I wonder what great marvel there would be in our lives if we would simply use our voice. And by the way, everyone's got a voice, spiritually speaking. You kids got a voice. You kids can get by with things that us parents can't. Like when that teacher goes to teach in evolution, just say, uh, excuse me, I'm not going to be disrespectful, but you're wrong. I don't agree with you. The Bible says in the beginning, God, you say, you can't do that. I did it. Mr. Harney was my science teacher in eighth grade. God bless him. We give him grief. And, 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 and <laughs> he made me write on the chalkboard. Seriously, I had to write on the chalkboard so much. He gave me a full brand new piece of chalk and said, you'll write till the chalk's gone. You see, what'd you do? I went. I, no, no amen. I knew I was in trouble, but I, I, I used the chalk up on one line on the chalkboard. I bet he'd never seen that before. But Mr. Mr. Harney, he, he got to telling us about evolution one day, and I just got tickled. I mean, I wasn't even saved at the time, but I'd been taught right. I got to laughing. I said, you really believe that? I said, no, 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 no. That ain't true. Everybody in there was looking at me. Kids, kids, you got a voice. You got, I'm glad I remember that about that chalk. I'd forgotten about that. But we need to use it. We need to use it. But here we see the great madness in verse 34 of the mockers. They, the Pharisees said, he casteth out devils through the prince of the devils. Notice their blindness. They could not see who Jesus was despite all that he did. There's people in here this morning, you, don't, you still don't think Jesus is who he said he was despite all that he's done. They're blaspheming. They said he casted out devils through the prince of the devils. They were attributing the work of God to Satan. And that's exactly what's going on right now in America. They're saying that by going to church, we're evil. They're saying that if you have church, a preacher, you don't love your neighbor. I don't want to deal with all that because I said I won't mention it again, but that whole little bump up a minute ago has got me all shook up. I'm wondering if I'm going to have to get my resume together. But anyhow, I ain't got much of one. But notice their burden, and I'm done. I really am seriously, completely, absolutely, 100%, 100% done. Right here, teetotal. As Brother Sammy Allen say, teetotal, done. Right here. I don't know what exactly it means, but I like what it sounds. What was the burden of these men? Now be careful, because there's some in here that are just like these Pharisees. These Pharisees had such contempt for Christ, they could not even be happy about the dumb man speaking. And there's people that have such contempt for other people that they can't enjoy anything. I mean it. It makes you mad to see somebody else get help. These Pharisees were religious men and they were to be the leaders. They were supposedly the leaders of the Jewish religion in that day, they were supposed to be the epitome of holiness and righteousness. They were to be the example for Israel and yet they blasphemed Jesus Christ. You don't know what their burden was, Glenn? Here's their burden. 
Jesus didn't even acknowledge them, Hunter. He never said a word. He ignored them. He left them to themselves. Have you parents, and don't raise your hand, I don't want to embarrass your children, have your children ever said, just leave me alone? Yeah. Kids, let me help y'all. When you say that to your parents, it's just like, you might as well just say, sick them to a bulldog. <laughs> when mine say that, I just want to get right next to them and say, why do you want me to leave you alone? Don't you love me? Aren't I the best dad in the world? Why are you so irritated by me? You know, isn't that right, Drew? Well, Drew, when you say that, is it, you've said it, everybody forgive Drew, he said it's not good, is it? But let me say this. When you blaspheme God and the Lord Jesus Christ and you reject light, you choose to live in darkness. The Pharisees, Brother Larry, were blinder. I don't know if that's good English, but it's good preaching. They were blinder than the blind men previously were. They were spiritually blind. Spiritually blind. 